Marie Antoinette never said, if the people can't afford bread, let them eat cake. But the chairman of the Democratic Congressional Campaign Committee, Sean Patrick Maloney, is campaigning on a variation of that legendary line as the Democrats make their final case before Election Day. Hudson Valley residents are feeling pain at the pump and at grocery stores. Uh, What have you done and what do you plan to do to help solve uh, our inflation problem? Yeah, well, I grew up in a family where, you know, if the if the gas price went up, the food budget went down. So by this time of the week, we'd be eating Chef Boyardee if, if that budget wasn't going to change, right? So that's what families have to do. That's what families have to do. Let them eat Chef Boyardee. The Democrats are not going to restart American energy production. Democrats are not going to resolve the war in Ukraine, which is driving up energy prices. Democrats aren't going to do anything to bring prices down. No, what the Democrats have to offer struggling Americans is advice on which cheap canned pasta soup to buy to feed your family. A tone-deaf conclusion to a disastrous campaign by a desperate party whose only shot at stopping the electoral tsunami tonight is to cheat. I'm Michael Knowles. This is The Michael Knowles Show. Welcome back to the show. My favorite comment yesterday is from Aaron Tuma, who says there's going to be a blood moon on Tuesday. Even the moon is voting red. Great point. That's absolutely so true. I think a lot of us are fired up. I think our blood is pumping. That's true of all red-blooded Americans. When you want to get your blood pumping, you got to check out Echelon Fitness. Right now, text Knowles to 818181. Are you struggling to reach your fitness goals? Well, as it turns out, having world-class instructors plus a community of hundreds of thousands of people who are working toward the same goal can really help. The guys over at Echelon Fitness have it all worked out. Echelon Fitness is the affordable way to get workout equipment, a workout community, and an instructor's motivation right in the comfort and privacy of your own home. Echelon Fitness's connected app provides thousands of live and on-demand classes with great music, to keep you moving. You can work at any time, day or night. I love my Echelon. I have the bike. It is so cool. You can go up in the middle of the night, get a great workout in, very engaging, very cool instructors. You can even pop in an audiobook or a podcast if you want. They've got the folding treadmill. They've got everything. Okay, one membership covers a family of five. For a limited time, our audience can get a free bike or rowing machine with a 24-month membership. To get your free bike or rower, text Knowles, K-N-O-W-L-E-S, to 818181. That is Knowles to 818181 to claim your free bike or rowing machine. Text Knowles to 818181. Message and data rates may apply. See terms for details. The Democrats have made their pitch. It has failed. It has failed on every issue, according to the polls. It has failed in the swing districts and swing states, according to the polls. It's failing even in places that should be voting Democrat, according to historical precedent, that seem to be toss-ups or leaning red right now. So the only option that they have is to cheat, and they're already signaling that they're going to do that. The way that they're signaling that is by claiming that there will be a red mirage tonight. This, according to NBC News, I'm sorry, ABC News, a red mirage or an artificial GOP vote lead will likely reoccur on Tuesday. Why reoccur? Well, because this is the exact same line that they trotted out in 2020. They had never trotted this out before, but they trotted it out in 2020. Because in 2020, unlike 
pretty much every single election in American history up until that point, in 2020, we didn't know the winner on election night or the day after election night or the day after. It took days and weeks in some cases to count the votes. And so on election night, the Republicans looked great. And then they paused the vote in some cases. They just paused counting for some reason. They put up cardboard in the windows to stop people from looking at the polling stations. They found ballots all of a sudden, and you saw the count start to turn for Democrats. You go to sleep on election night, the Republicans have won. You wake up in the morning, golly, big wave of Democrat ballots came in while you were snoozing. Looks like the Democrats won. And so they're pitching this again. Now, the way that they got away with it in 2020 was they exploited COVID. And they said, because there's this mild cough that's come out of China, we need to change all of our election rules to open up the possibilities for fraud through mechanisms that include extending election day to election month, uh, extending mail-in ballots to become a widespread phenomenon, all sorts of things that even Barack Obama had previously said open up the vote to a lot of fraud. Well, now the Democrats could use it to rig the election for themselves. That's what they did. And so by by relying on COVID, using COVID as a justification, they were able to rig the election. COVID is over though, right? I mean, Joe Biden has said COVID is over. The pandemic is over. So then you have to ask yourself, even if you believed this nonsense in 2020, which I did not, but the liberals said it with a straight face and plenty of squishes went along with it. I did not. I always thought it was rigging. But even if you believed it in 2020, how could you possibly believe it now? Is this, this is just how we conduct elections now? We just now conduct elections where you get widespread mail-in ballots. There's no such thing as election day. People start voting before debates even happen, when debates even happen. And then it takes days to count the ballots in super corrupt Democrat cities where all of a sudden, surprise, surprise, they're going to find just enough votes to squeak the Democrats by. Does anybody believe that? The longer it takes to count the votes on election night or the day after or the week after, the less you should believe the result. Okay, it is just as simple as that. The phrase red mirage is a signal that the Democrats are going to cheat. And they're trying to tell us with a straight face that not only is this how elections work now in these strange times, They are telling us all the way from the White House, Karine Jean-Pierre, White House press secretary, is saying that this is how voting is supposed to work. It took two weeks to to call every state. In modern elections, more and more ballots are being cast in early voting and also by mail. And many states don't start counting those ballots until after the ballots, uh, after, pardon me, after the polls close on November 8th. So you heard the president say this the other night. He has been very clear on this as well. We may not know all the winners of elections for a few days. It takes time to count all legitimate ballots in a legal and orderly manner. That's how, the, that's how this is supposed to work. And it's important for us to all be patient when while vote, votes are, are being counted. This is how it's supposed to work. If this is how it's supposed to work, then how come for pretty much every election in all of American history since the founding of our country until two years ago, how come that's not how it worked? How come that's only how it works now as of, as of 2020? If that's how it's supposed to work. 
Well, because we need to make sure that we tally every single mail-in vote. Okay, why do we have so many mail-in votes? Well, because of COVID. Because of what? COVID's over. It's been over for years. Well, because because we want to cheat. That's why, that's why, that's why they're doing it. Why is it that Brazil can conduct an election in one night? You know the answer. Why is it that France can conduct an election? You know it, same night. Why is it that the United States, until two years ago, could conduct an election? You know the results on election night, but now we can. Because whatever answer the Democrats are going to give, well, because we've extended the vote and because we have widespread mail-ins and well, because, you know, a truck is going to dump a bunch of ballots in Philadelphia in the back of a ballot counting center. Whatever the answer is, we should just stop that, shouldn't we? Don't you think we should, we should have integrity in our elections? You know, I'm not the one that prattles on about our sacred democracy every single day. It's the libs who are doing that. Well, if you care about our sacred democracy and, the, and electoral integrity and not being an election denier, that, or whatever they say, then give us, give us a result quickly. The longer it goes on, the greater the opportunity for shenanigans and the less that people will believe it. We know, we know that they're cheating, or at least that they plan to cheat, because John Fetterman just sued to count ballots that could have come in after election day. John Fetterman is in a very tough position. He's running for Senate against Dr. Oz. He's the Democrat candidate in Pennsylvania, and he has brain damage, and he's he wasn't even running a great campaign before he had a stroke and got brain damage, and he tried to hide it from the public, his, his health status, and then they had a debate finally with Dr. Oz, and Fetterman looked terrible, and the polls shifted very strongly in Dr. Oz's favor. So at that point, the Pennsylvania State Supreme Court came out and said, you can't count fake ballots. It's actually what it said. It said that if you're going to count the mail-in ballots, they have to be dated and they have to be dated by election day. So you, you're not allowed to count ballots that are undated because they could have come in the day after the election or two days after the election or a week after the election or however long it's going to take the Democrats to come up with enough fake votes. So this is really basic stuff. You're not allowed to count fake ballots, says the Supreme Court. Who could object to that? Only people who are going to try to cheat, namely... John Fetterman, who's now suing and saying, we absolutely need to count fake ballots. We absolutely need to count ballots that very likely came in after the election. And of course, this is the case. When I look around at the races in this country, I think Masters versus Kelly, that's the Republican versus the Democrat in the Senate race in Arizona, I think that'll legitimately be close. Herschel Walker, the Republican versus Raphael Warnock, the Democrat in Georgia, I think that will be less close, but close. I look around at other races. The one, though, where I'm not feeling terribly confident for the Republican is Dr. Oz in Pennsylvania. Not because Oz is not up in the polls. He is up in the polls. But because Philly is notorious for corruption. Now, the Democrat candidate himself is saying, we're going to sue to stuff the ballot box, a tactic that Democrats have been using for many, many decades. It's awful. That could be the death of our democracy. And when, when we're thinking about death and your own death, you got to check out Epic Will. Right now, go to epicwill.com, use promo code Knowles. What does your family believe in? Faith, church on Sunday. Does your family believe in serving? Did you vaccinate your children? Did you choose not to vaccinate your children? How does your family define men and women? What kind of value do they put on life? 
Your children look to you to define how they view the world. Now, what if you were not here to do that for them? In the event that you die, and we're all going to die at some point, okay? No one here gets out alive. Who will ensure that what you hold dear is upheld by your kids? Epic Will can help with that. A will lets you determine who will raise your kids in the event that you die before you're done raising them. This is your responsibility as a parent. It's why The Daily Wire has partnered with Epic Will. Take five minutes out of your day. Go to epicwill.com to create your complete will package. Epic Will bundles your last will, living will, healthcare power of attorney, HIPAA release, and durable financial power of attorney. They look at your entire legacy, your finances, your medical wishes, and your responsibilities as a parent or caregiver. Epic Will makes early estate planning super duper easy and affordable. It only costs 119 bucks for a single person to create a will. And when you use promo code Knowles, you will save 10%. Go to epicwill.com, use promo code Knowles today. Why are the Democrats going to cheat? Why is everyone talking about election denial? Why is everyone, including Republicans, including conservatives, including me, raising the serious prospect of a rigged election or an illegitimate election? Because people don't any longer have trust in the system. Republicans don't have trust in the system for all the reasons I just outlined, because the Democrats rig it, and then they brag about rigging it in Time Magazine, and then they sue to rig it even more, like John Fetterman. Why, why do the Democrats believe that the system is rigged against them? It's, it's for a different reason. They're equally convinced of it, but it's for a different reason. It's because the Democrats, being progressive, being fanatically, ideologically progressive, they believe that if everything were fair and square, they would win every single election. This is a view that is not just coming out of my own musings. This was the view articulated by a well-known liberal election lawyer, Mark Elias, on MSNBC just yesterday. And I guess my question is, around these lawsuits, is it, if it's not the point for them to prevail, but the point to keep you running around fighting all of their frivolous litigation, what are they so afraid of if, if you weren't having to defend against their attacks on voting? Oh, I think they're afraid that if everyone was able to vote and if we got an accurate count, they'd lose. It's nothing more complicated than that. They know that if every eligible voter was allowed to cast the ballot and that it was counted accurately, they'd lose. That, that has been the whole threat to Trumpism from the beginning. Let's forget, let's not forget, you know, people say Donald Trump won in 2016. He lost by 3 million popular vote. That popular vote uh, total uh, uh, deficit uh, grew in 20, uh, in 2020. So they have to find increasingly creative ways to prevent the majority will from willing out. And one of the ways you do it is you suppress the vote. But I think that one of the things they learned is that that's not enough, and they need to affect the way votes are counted and elections are certified. So obviously a lot of projection here, since the Democrats are very often the ones who, when there are questions about how the votes are counted, it's in Democrat cities, right? It's in Philadelphia. It's in Atlanta. It's in all sorts of places. It's in Wisconsin, parts of Wisconsin dominated by the Democrats. So He's projecting a little bit there, but he's articulating the progressive point of view, which is that the progressives are obviously right because they're moving toward progress. The conservatives are obviously evil and retrograde because they're trying to impede progress. And so they've got very bad ill will and they're all sorts of nefarious people. And therefore, because progressivism is so obviously better for everybody, 
then if the progressives don't win, something had to have gone awry. There had to have been cheating. It has to be rigged. Either because the Republicans won't let the people vote. Now, they're trying to make this argument, but it doesn't really work because we now have early voting. And you see that voter enthusiasm is pretty high. People are getting out to vote. And this is why you, you've heard left-wingers make the absurd claim that just because voter participation is very high doesn't mean that there's not voter suppression, when that is literally what it means. <laughs> voter suppression means the vote goes down. Voter participation means the vote goes up. And so you can't, those are contradictory things. You can't have both of them at the same time. So it's either because the, the voters are not being allowed to vote, but that obviously isn't happening, or because there's cheating in the ballot counting. But again, the Democrats run the ballot counting in the places that are being contested. Or because the Republicans are spreading misinformation. Those are the only three options. How to explain a Republican victory when Democrats are supposed to win every single race. And th that's why they're focusing on the misinformation too. That, that comes from an idea that the, the Marxists in the 20th century really pushed, which is the idea of a false consciousness. Feminists also pushed this. Perhaps I repeat myself. The idea that people, they just don't understand their own interests. They don't understand their own good. They've been brainwashed by the evil system. And so they can't see what, what's right for them. And it's not their fault. It's really the system's fault. And that's evil. And that's why we've got to take care of the misinformation. But e any way you cut it, according to these people, the Republicans cannot legitimately win. Which is why I am pointing out now that no matter who wins and who loses, one side or the other is not going to accept the results of the election. And I don't think it's a, well, both sides, you know, are to blame here. I think that Republicans have far more legitimate reasons to doubt the results of elections that they lose than the Democrats do. Namely, that the Democrats have virtually all of the power in the United States, especially when it comes to vote counting and in the media and in the bureaucracy and everywhere. But, and in the corporations and in the social media, which spread the information around before the election. But regardless, it's, it's just a fact. Both sides are going to doubt it. The Democrats are going to doubt the election because they don't think that Republicans are legitimate participants in our sacred democracy. Joe Biden said half the country is fascist, terrorist, an existential threat to our democracy. So they don't think that we have any right to win elections. They don't think we have any right to participate in elections, really. And they say that, and it's not just the fringe lunatics, it's the president of the United States who says that. That's why they won't accept it. The Republicans will be skeptical of an election loss. One, because all the polls are showing we're supposed to absolutely crush it tonight. But two, because the Democrats rig elections and brag about rigging the elections, and they publish longtime magazine articles about how they rig elections. So that would be, I think, for a more legitimate reason than the Democrats have. But either way, I'm just making the descriptive statement that no matter how you cut it, one side is going to deny the election, the other one is going to accept the election. Or, you know, it'll be one side or the other. Now, for the crime of making this observation, Hassan, the guy, he's the young guy from the Young Turks. I think he's Cenk Uygur's uh, nephew. I did a show with him once. I was on one of the Fox shows with him one time. Uh, he said that I'm, I'm desiring violence. I pointed out the Republican view on this, which is that the Democrats rigged the elections. And I said, the longer it takes to tally the votes, the less you should believe the result. He, uh, Hassan says, 
pretty wild that the Republican Party is collectively gearing up their audience to lose their minds after they did everything to make sure mail-in ballot results come in later than same-day votes. I don't even think Dems will win, but it's certain that they want violence. Where, in what insane world could you possibly interpret what I said as calling for violence? And I said, the longer it takes to tally the votes, the less you should believe the result. Where it, show me the violence. Take me out of it for a second. Where have you ever seen, ever, the Republicans committing violence over an election? Well, we saw it on January 6th when the Republicans murdered all those police officers. And no, that none of that happened. None of that happened. The only person who was killed in political violence on January 6th was a Trump supporter killed by a trigger-happy cop. Okay. Now, where else have we seen political violence? Have we seen any political violence in recent years? Oh, yeah. When that lib tried to murder Justice Kavanaugh. And oh yeah, yesterday when a lib threw a beer can at Ted Cruz's head. And oh yeah, when the uh, Democrats burned the country down for like eight months during the BLM and Antifa riots, killing dozens of people and burning businesses and setting courthouses on fire. Yeah, I guess we saw it then, didn't we? Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. On setting churches on fire, on and on and on. Statistically, one 100% of political violence in the U.S. comes from the Democrats. Statistically, 0% of it ever comes from the Republicans. But the Democrats believe that they're justified in political violence because they're fighting the evil, fascist, Nazi, racist threat to our democracy, namely every Republican in the country. And they believe that Republicans are, are illegitimate citizens and they have no right to do anything. They believe that the, very, the continued existence of Republicans is inflicting violence in the country. That is what the president has said. So it's, it is absurd. But my observation remains the same. The loser is going to deny the election. That's just a fact. And, and there could be violence. Hassan is right in that there could be violence. It will not come from the right. We don't have enough power for it. We don't have the inclination for it. We do have a view of the world that includes objective morality. We just don't want to do it. For all the right's talk of, well, we got our guns, we got our Second Amendment, the right is not interested in political violence. The left is. The left exercises political violence constantly, and if they lose, you'll probably see more of it. And you, you are already seeing it a little bit because my friend Ted Cruz, actually, was, he was pretty sprightly up there. He was on a campaign vehicle going through the streets. Some guy, it wasn't even a beer can he threw, it was a white claw can which is very funny. I love White Claws, but it's kind of a girly drink to throw at somebody. Uh, they went. Senator Cruz was able to uh, fend off the can. I think the guy got arrested. And then, and then Ted tweeted out and said, uh, thank goodness that guy has a noodle for an arm <laughs> because it didn't hurt too bad. But you are already seeing the violence and it ain't coming from the right. Speaking of political violence coming from the left, there has been a very underreported phenomenon of left-wingers vandalizing, burning, spraying graffiti on pro-life pregnancy centers. The libs have not answered for this. It's awful. I mean, it's an attack on some of the most vulnerable women and poor little babies that you could possibly imagine. And these absolute demons are running around perpetrating these crimes. So finally, a reporter asked 
White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre about it. Here's her answer. In the meantime, like pro-life pregnancy centers are being attacked. It's and not, those... it's, it is just, it, that is just not something that, uh, that I'm going to comment from here about what the former president said. Uh, it is, uh, you know, uh, just not going to get any further. I, again, I'm just not going to get any further. I'm just not going to comment about that because I want it to keep happening. That's what they're saying. It's the same answer that Karine Jean-Pierre gave when you had those left-wing protesters illegally demonstrating outside of the private homes of Supreme Court justices. It's a violation of federal law. The federal government was not enforcing the law. Why? Because they wanted it to keep happening. The White House sort of cheekily said, well, you know, we don't have an opinion on where people protest. (laughs) People are going to protest wherever they want. It's a nice house you got there, Brett Kavanaugh. It's nice kids you got up there. Sure would be a shame if something happened to them. It's the same thing here. Hey, what do you guys think about the liberals firebombing the pro-life pregnancy centers? I don't have any comment on it. But I would like to tell all of the arsonists and the terrorists that if you keep it up, we're just not, we're just not going to see it. See no evil, hear no evil. Say no evil is the White House press secretary. There is an undercurrent of a threat coming from the liberal establishment, from the Democrats, even from the White House. You heard Ron Klain yesterday on the show, White House chief of staff. So he's the man presumably who's running the country while Joe Biden goes and licks ice cream and smells people's hair and sort of wanders about the East Wing. This is a guy with a ton of power in Washington. And he said, you know, we're giving you one final warning. Don't elect Republicans. This is one final warning. One final warning? Who? Am I talking to Tony Soprano over here? Is this a shakedown? Yeah, one final warning. Well, when one final warning is coming from your, you know, neighbor down the street, old widow McGillicuddy, who comes up and says, I'm just warning you, it'd be very bad if you voted for this person tomorrow, then you can take that in the spirit of advice from somebody. When the guy who runs the government tells you, here's a warning, don't do this. You're going to have a choice tomorrow. Don't, don't pick the R option, pick the D. Or what? Yeah, or, you know, you're not going to like it. F around and find out. That's basically what they're saying. There is an undercurrent of threat to all of this. And, and, and we know that the extents that they are willing to go to have no limit. I mean, for goodness sakes, they're mutilating little kids, right? They kill babies in the womb. They chop off the genitals of kids. They'll do anything. They, they, they will come after you. I promise you that. There's a transgender activist who's gone viral. Gosh, that, that could just be a daily lead-in to any segment. There's a transgender activist who's gone viral spreading a bunch of child abuse propaganda. So this fellow who is dressed up like a, like a cross between Pagliacci and Baphomet, you know, is just very creepy, very occult kind of look to him. Uh, he is insisting that uh, the, the libs are not transing the kids. There is no surgical intervention happening to transgender children to change their sex. This is simply not happening. Here are the actual facts. Fact, medical professionals are not giving puberty blockers to children who have not reached puberty. Fact, puberty blockers are fully reversible. Fact, hormone treatments don't generally begin until after 16 years of age. Fact, sex reassignment surgery is considered at 18 based on making certain criteria. Fact, gender affirming care is life 
life-saving care. Share this post to spread facts. So only one of those things that he said is a fact. Uh, That would be the first part where he said, fact, we're not giving puberty blockers to people who haven't reached puberty. Right. That, yeah, it wouldn't make sense to give puberty blockers to a two-year-old because uh, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't do anything. I mean, it would probably mess up their biochemistry, but there would be no puberty to block, so you wouldn't give them a puberty blocker. Of course, you only give it to kids who are on the brink of puberty, but that, that's what we're saying you're doing, and that's what you're admitting that you're doing, so there you have it. Then he makes a bunch of other claims that are not true. He says they're reversible. In many cases, they're not. And we've interviewed people who explain how they're not and who have the scars to prove it. Uh, there's no study that shows that they're reversible. It's just nonsense. There's, there's no persuasive study that shows that they're reversible. Uh, same thing about the gender mutilations and the hormone therapy and the going under the knife and everything. You notice he says, that's generally done when you're 18. That's supposed to happen when you're 18. Yeah, sure, right. Maybe that's the rule. But we've got audio from Libs of TikTok of hospitals admitting that they perform these surgeries on very young children, including 13-year-olds, maybe younger. So that's all nonsense. But let's just take him at his word. Let's take him at his word and say we're not transing. The The Libs are not transing the kids. It's not happening. Republicans are tilting at windmills. This is all much ado about nothing. Okay, then let's ban it. Good. Good. It's not happening. You're not transing the kids. We're just tinfoil hat lunatic conspiracy theorists. We're making up a bunch of not. Okay, good. Then let's just ban it because it's not happening. So you don't need to worry about it because the, the ban, it's not going to do anything at all. Let's, it'll make us feel better. Just appease those crazy right wingers. And then since you guys aren't transing the kids, there's no big deal, right? 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 No, of course, they would never go for that. They refuse to go for that because it is happening. It was the same argument that they made about the wall. They said, walls, we can't build a wall on the southern border because because walls are ineffective. Walls don't work. You know, remember Nancy Pelosi, who uh, I think she probably wishes she had a bigger wall now, but who has security at her house. Uh, All of the libs who have lots of security and lots of big walls, they say walls don't work. Okay. If walls don't work, just humor us. It's not that expensive. To build the wall costs a fraction of a fraction of an iota of a fraction of the kind of money that the libs want to spend on a bunch of nonsense. So, okay, just let us build it. Don't worry, it doesn't work. So it's not a big deal. And then what did they say? They said, well, the walls don't work and they're very cruel. Hmm. If it doesn't work, then how is it cruel? It can't be cruel because it doesn't do anything. To be cruel, you have to have some effect. If it's cruel, then I guess it works. And they back away from it. It's the same thing with abortion. They say, no abortions happen in the third trimester. They don't really even happen in the second trimester. So it's the first trimester. That's when abortions happen. Okay. Late-term abortion. It's a Republican fear-mongering boogeyman. Oh, okay. Then let's ban it. Would you be willing to ban it? You said it doesn't happen. Well, well, whoa, whoa, whoa there. I mean, I w- okay, there you go. You're giving up the game. Obviously, it does happen. And you're just lying. You're just lying about it. And we called your bluff. And now we know. And you're going to keep up the charade. And you're going to keep a straight face. And you're going to say, we're not rigging the vote. No, I'm just filing a lawsuit to count ballots that were cast after election day. But we're not rigging it. What are you talking about? You're crazy. Okay. If you're not rigging the, vo- the, bo- the vote, 
than even putting aside widespread mail-ins and early voting and all the rest. Let's at least agree you don't count the ballots that aren't postmarked by election day, right? We can at least agree on that because you're not rigging it. So it's not a problem. There aren't any of those votes coming in. Oh, oh, wait, you're going to sue me in court now because you want to count those ballots? Okay. Because you're obviously, obviously rigging it. You see this kind of argument all the time with the transgender stuff. Speaking of sexual confusion, huge news story. I meant to uh, mention this a few days ago. Really big stuff though. Headline, a pair of international pageant winners are showing love knows no boundaries. Miss Argentina 2020, Mariana Varela, and Miss Puerto Rico 2020, Fabiola Valentin, said they got married last month. That's great news for these beautiful young women. I'm so glad they got married. But if you look at the picture, I don't see their husbands anywhere. That's kind of weird. These, these two, they both got, I guess they're very good friends. They got married on the same day, I guess. Well, great, but where are the husbands? I don't, wait a second. Hold on a minute here. <laughs> oh no, they're, they're saying they got married to each other. <laughs> but that's not possible because they're girls. They're both girls and two girls <laughs> can't get married to each other because marriage intrinsically has to do with sexual difference and complementarity. And uh, everyone knows that that's true. And some people want to be willfully ignorant of that, but we all know that that's true. If marriage has any meaning at all, it has to have something to do with sexual difference. And marriage, in fact, is the perpetual union of one man and one woman for the sake of the generation and education of children. So just a little plug here. Our pal Matt Walsh went on the Joe Rogan show a few days ago, and he defended marriage. And Joe seemed really shocked by this and kept pushing back. And it was just a wonderful discussion. Uh, uh, you know, everyone's going to Monday morning quarterback and say, Matt should have said this, or he should have said that, or he should, but whatever. I think Matt did a great job. And it's, I think it's really important to have a prominent voice out in public on the biggest podcast in America, Joe Rogan, having that conversation. Big props to Joe Rogan for even opening it up. I, I, I know a lot of squishy Republicans who wouldn't even talk about the marriage issue. I know a lot of self-styled conservatives who wouldn't be willing to have an actual debate about what marriage is. The debate that never happened, by the way, before the Supreme Court redefined it. So really good stuff. It's definitely worth checking out. Tonight is a special night at The Daily Wire. We are having an event called Daily Wire Election Night 2022. Coverage will start at 3 p.m. Central and run until 11 p.m. At 6 p.m., I will get together with Ben, Matt, Drew, The God King, Jeremy Boring, lowercase g, Candace, and all the rest of the gang to celebrate the moments as they happen. We will give you live updates from the Morning Wire team, plus any pertinent social media meltdowns from the night. Maybe AOC comes on Instagram. I don't know. We'll we'll bring it to you. If that were not enough to get the popcorn popping, we will also uh, be joined by some very special guests. Get the election news that you need to know in real time with expert commentary and a healthy dose of humor. Come celebrate the incoming red wave with us tonight. You don't want to miss it. If you're not a member yet, go to dailywire.com slash Knowles to join today. There was a big announcement last night. I get a text from Jeremy. He says, turn on the Trump rally. So why? It's Trump. There's rumors he might announce that he's running for president. Turn on the Trump rally. It's a rally in Ohio for J.D. Vance. Very important race. As goes Ohio, so goes the nation. Trump's out there campaigning until the last minute, but he was teasing all night. You heard the media showing up. Is he going to announce that he's running in 2024? And I thought instantly, no, he's not. 
A lot of people thought he would. Trump supporters thought he would. A lot of people who hate Trump thought that he would. I did not think that he would. It doesn't look good enough. It's not enough about him. The optics weren't great. Some people said, well, his family's there. The whole family was not there. His wife, I don't think, was there. Barron, I don't think, was there. So it just, I never bought it. I suspected from the beginning that it was a media troll so that Trump could get all the news networks to turn on the cameras for his rally. And then he would just read the litany of candidates that he was endorsing in the race. And then he made this announcement. I would say in the strongest way, it's a country-saving election, specifically including the election of all the people that I'm going to name. I'm going to be making a very big announcement on Tuesday, November 15th, at Mar-a-Lago in Palm Beach, Florida. We want nothing to detract from the importance of tomorrow. They want nothing to detract from the importance of tomorrow. Trump and the whole team. So it was a troll. It was a troll from the beginning, which is really great stuff. Absolutely adore it. Uh, And then Trump comes out and he says, but that announcement that you're waiting for, I am going to make it next Tuesday. So Trump is going to run. Almost certainly. And I don't know, am I the last conservative pundit in America who doesn't hate Trump? Am I the last, that, that, maybe that's too strong. Am I the last conservative pundit in America who wouldn't be upset if Trump runs again? I like Trump. Trump was the greatest conservative president in my lifetime. Trump posed a legitimate, I think, a, a real serious threat to the system. From the system of absolutely desiccated, corrupt, decadent, liberal establishment nonsense. He posed a threat in a way that no Republican in my lifetime has. And are there other potentially good candidates on the right? Sure. And they'll duke it out in a primary process. But I'm just not willing to throw Trump aside. The man is still very energetic. The man is unique in American politics. He is a world historic figure. He is a sort of Hegelian character. Okay. It is all about him. Some people say, well, why is Trump making it all about him? One, he didn't make it all about him last night. He actually did wait until after the election and endorsed his candidates. But two, it is all about him. He is an American original, one of a kind. And so I'm not willing to say, oh, Trump. Oh, he's too old. Oh, he's too, he, his tweets are too mean. Oh, whatever. No, I, I like him. I still like the guy. I will not be upset if he runs. I hope that whatever primary campaign takes place does not destroy other strong, good Republicans. There's a lot of them out there. Everyone's talking about Ron DeSantis, but there's, there's others as well. I hope that it's a good, strong, robust primary. We get the best candidate. But I, I don't know, the arguments against Trump to me fall flat. Well, Trump, he's so bruised and bloodied. Right, you don't think they're going to do that to whoever the nominee is? In fact, in some ways, they've, they've thrown the kitchen sink at Trump. It hasn't stuck. So, hey, that's actually a mark, I think, in his favor. Well, Trump is too old. Yeah, okay, we won. Every, every conservative's last favorite Republican president was the oldest president in American history. So I don't think that, and now we just elect old people. So, okay, that's the way it goes. Uh, He got Roe v. Wade overruled. He built a fair portion of the wall. He had the best foreign policy ever in my lifetime. Uh, He uh, brought peace to the Middle East, for goodness sakes. He 
got tough on trade. He reordered Republicans' economic priorities into a much more sane sort of way. He, I don't know. I just, I'm not saying he's the best candidate necessarily for 2024. I haven't really looked at the 2024 race all that closely yet because we're focused on the midterms, but I'm not willing to throw the guy out. I, st- I just really like him. I still like the guy. Okay. All right. And that's that. I make no apologies for it. Though he was rushing things a little bit last night. He's right. You know, it's, it's early. It's 2022. Why are we talking about 2024? Speaking of rushing things, Mariah Carey, Mariah Carey, she just, just around Halloween, Mariah Carey released the most terrifying thing I saw all Halloween. Mariah Carey on a bicycle in a pumpkin patch with a witch hat on. Uh Uh-oh. It's time! And here it is. Christmas Mariah Carey. Oh, gosh. On a reindeer, playing that awful song. Oh, it's so awful. It's so awful. It's not time. It says it's time. It's not time. There should be no Christmas music before Christmas Day. There should be no Christmas music before Advent. There should certainly be no Christmas music before Thanksgiving. Guys, come on. Put everything in its proper place, all right? There's a time for every season under heaven. And this is something that we, we just don't have a really good sense of anymore. We just rush everything. We're in the eternal present. We're all addicted to social media. Everything's just got to happen as fast as possible. We don't have the virtue of patience. And this is going to matter a lot when we think about 2024. Because everyone right now is saying, well, is it Trump or DeSantis? That's it, right? At this time in the 2016 cycle, who were the leading candidates? They were the first people to drop out. At this time in the 2012 cycle, who were the leading candidates? Mitch Daniels and Bobby Jindal and Haley Barber, none of whom made it even close to the presidency. So we've got time. Maybe it'll be Trump. Maybe it'll be Ron DeSantis. Maybe it'll be someone that you're not even thinking of right now. Now, speaking of women like Mariah Carey harming the culture, Kathy Griffin, baby, this is some of the greatest news. It's sort of related to the election. Uh, it's definitely giving us a lot of joy. Elon Musk has uh, suspended Kathy Griffin from Twitter permanently. He's done it because Kathy Griffin impersonated him. A lot of people have been impersonating Elon Musk. If they have a blue check mark, they'll change their name to Elon Musk, put his picture in, pretend to be him. So she did that. Now she's permanently banned. I love it. And the libs are dunking, right? And they're saying, well, yeah, so much for free speech. This is, Elon is showing us the way. I published my book last year with a contrarian take on free speech. The whole conservative movement was saying, we need absolute free speech all the time and no guardrails and no standards and no taboos. And I said, no, 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 that's not how free speech actually works. The left understands free speech a lot better than we do. It's good to censor certain things. It's good to censor obscenity, at least. It's good to censor all sorts of things. It's good to have standards. It's good to have a common language. You have to have that. That's what politics is. And I think that view has prevailed. I think that the book became a number one national bestseller, and I'm very happy about all of that. And I think people are recognizing the way forward is not this do whatever you want, hands in the air, I'm not going to govern, I'm not going to wield power, kind of frivolous libertarianism. The way forward is 
when conservatives are given power, when we earn power, when the people elect us, we have not just the right, but the responsibility to wield that power for the good. More good, less bad. The libs wield power for more bad and less good. We need to wield it for more good, less bad. Certainly very good to kick Kathy Griffin off Twitter for her fraud. Really, they could kick her off Twitter for her terrible comedy, but I think it's also fair to kick her off for committing fraud. Now, speaking of insane women, Anne Hathaway just went on The View. Again, this is in the final days of the campaign to double down, triple down, quadruple down on the one issue that Democrats have really focused on this campaign, the quote-unquote right to abortion. The devil is proud. did uh, turn 16 this summer. Yes. The time flies, boy. So you wrote this on Instagram, quote, I am struck by the fact that the young female characters in this movie built their lives and careers in a country then honored their right to have choice over their own reproductive health. See you in the fight. So why did you write that? Why was it important to you, for, to you to write something like that? Because we're in the fight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're in the fight every day. We're in the fight every minute. And you mentioned the Devil Wears Prada turning sweet 16. Yeah. Some 16-year-old's life has been irrevocably changed yeah. because of the current overturning of Roe v. Wade. And in this character, I played a young woman who was starting out her career. And when you are a young woman starting out your career, your reproductive destiny matters a great deal. Of course. My own personal experience with abortion, and I don't think we talk about this enough, abortion can be another word for mercy. So here she seems to be insinuating that she's killed one or more of her children out of mercy for the children. So it could be, you know, I mean, what, what often happens is that when people find out that their child has some kind of disorder, maybe they're Down syndrome, maybe they've got some kind of problem, uh, people today will often just kill their children and say, well, we're going to try again. This is why you hear out of Iceland. They say, we've eradicated Down syndrome. There's no cure for Down syndrome. So it just means that people are killing their Down syndrome babies. I don't know exactly what Anne Hathaway means by this. She's using all sorts of euphemisms, but she's saying my own abortion experience is that abortion can be an act of mercy. And, and so it's really weird. The fact that she's using euphemisms, I think, just proves to you right there that the she recognizes that what she's talking about is evil and will rub people the wrong way and will be offensive because of how awful it actually is. And the Democrats are using all sorts of euphemisms now, and they're doing absolutely everything they can to get around, to, to, to kind of leap over uh, reality, the, the reality of their, of their policies, the reality of their agenda, and the real perception of what they want from the people. And so if the people aren't going to vote for them, they're going to, they're going to try to get around that too. I hope they do not succeed in that, but it will be a very interesting night. The first part that will be interesting are the polls in those tight races. Who's going to win? Who's going to win New York's 17th congressional district? Who's going to win in Georgia? Who's going to win in Arizona? But then there's going to be an entirely um, distinct and frankly, more interesting fight that happens, which is that if the races really are close, you're going to see the battle for uh, whether or not the Democrats can properly rig it to, uh, let's say, let's say Oz is only up by one or two points. Can they make up those ballots in the middle of the night with undated, fraudulent ballots to send John Fetterman to Washington, D.C.? You know, the rest of the show continues now. We got a great pollster on to tell us what to look for tonight. If you're not a member, click the link in the description and join us.